How are you, mate? You all right? I'm good. Who's left, guys? You guys all right? We're good. So you're out in Portugal. You made, you made the trip. Tell us about that. And uh, obviously the bike. With the looking, guns. You're looking, you're looking well. <laughs> oh, no, I better put that down. Tell us, tell us about, you, you got out. I saw you in Manchester, obviously. The, the fight was announced. And then, yeah. of course, the world has changed uh, immeasurably. Um, so but you made the decision to, to get to Portugal quickly. Yeah, 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 because we know we had a private gym down here and stuff. So, you know, I just come down and just obviously train. The gym's locked off. It's only me and my team alone in here at the minute. So it's good, you know, obviously. Well, what I've learned in the last few years, you have to try and plan ahead and stay ahead in this game. If you want to be successful, you know. How's it for you? Obviously, you know, fighters are sometimes used to isolation. But, you know, you're, you're just there with your team. You're, you're working towards something you hope is going to happen now at the beginning of July. But what's that like sort of mentally and, and emotionally to sort of get, you know, we all have to wait, don't we? We don't know what's going to happen, really. Yeah. You, you know, um, it's frustrating. But at the minute, what's going on in the world can't be helped, is it? You know, um, it's, it's not in our control. And, um, you know, um, one thing Eddie said to me a long time ago, he goes... <laughs> One time I was going to get a fight off of him and he goes, listen, all you got to do is to be professional. It doesn't matter when the fight comes, just keep training and stay professional. I hated him for it at the time because I was trying to get a fight, but it made sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, obviously, now I just try to stay professional and just try and keep training, you know what I mean? You know, you know what, though, Dylan? You're, you're, you're so right because your mentality now, I mean, look, you, you manage a lot of young fighters and I think, not just saying it because you're on air, but it's absolutely bang on. There are people right now, you know that when we return, now, we had a, I had a conference call about 20 minutes ago about dates and you know, schedules. I know for a fact that when we return, I'm going to call someone up and go, great news, right? Six weeks, we're back up and running, and you're the first one on. You know what some people are going to say? Oh, oh, I'm not, oh I've put on, you know, I, I, I'm a bit heavy at the moment. Oh, I need, you know, it doesn't work like that, especially when in this kind of game. I mean, staying ready is so important. Obviously, at your level, it's a little bit different. The bigger fights, you can get more preparation. But you know that Alexander Povetkin right now is still out every day in those mountains training. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. He's definitely training. And the guy, he's level and what he, he's achieved. He'll definitely have his own private setup at home, which is good as, good as most gyms anyway. You know? Oh, that, that's it, isn't it? It, it? it surely varies from fighter to fighter. And, and those are the ones that, that, that sort of understand the way that the boxing works. Maybe that they've been a, they're a bit longer in the, in the two, they're a bit older. They, they understand that sort of you have to be ready. You know, you, you've had a sort of mixed year lately. You want to get back. And it's crucial, Dillian, isn't it? That when that call comes, when that date is absolutely definite, you're ready. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, like I said, the key is just to try and be consistent. You know, obviously, I've got a new strength and conditioning team. And there goes this. And in between fight, you're only allowed two weeks off now. You're not going to be off for three, four weeks, two weeks off. And we're training all year round. So all we need is five weeks notice. And you'll be about 60-70% ready all year round. So You look lighter, hard. Dillian, as well. You look lighter. Where, where's your weight now compared to where it was in Saudi? It's a good few kilos later. Yeah. A good few kilos later. I didn't wait inside it, 123. Mm. No, you did very it's, well. It's light, and, it's light and I got weeks to, to, to go. So, you know, at the minute, we ain't really pushing on the weight. We just work focusing and getting strong and then um, just training and we're about to start some endurance stuff. But, you know, we, we're staying ready, but we don't want to beat up the immune system too much and get down and get tired and worn out. So we're training hard and smart, but not 
we haven't really upped the intensity yet, but you know they they they're testing me and pushing me every week anyway. It's obviously difficult here in in, in London. What's it like out there in, in in Portugal? You managed to get out a little bit, and uh, obviously the the sun should be shining, etc. But uh, what's it like there? It's 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 difficult all around around the world to be. It's very difficult, but you know, like I said, um, we've even had um, the police come out and see us, but obviously, because obviously it's my training unit, we are isolated together and stuff. So it's just us. We ain't really mixed with no one. It's still the same. You have to queue up when you go shops and stuff, but the warm weather definitely does make it a little bit more, a little bit more bearable. You know, instead of being when it's Alexander, Alexander Bevetkin, as Eddie said, will be will be training away. He's 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 one of those guys that you just know what you're going to get with with Povetkin. How are you feeling going into it? Obviously, you've had some time to train, and uh, you've you've had obviously a lot of chances for to watch him. And what what's left with Povetkin? Do you think, and what sort of statement do you need to make? Because it's going to be vital. You're going to be one of the first big fights back after this break. You know me, whenever I go to the ring, there's it, always some, some drama, <laughs> if it's good or bad drama. It's a bit drama anyway, um, I think it's just the kind of um, fight I am. I, you know, I check these fights on my head and points and I'm thinking, you know what, I can knock this guy out. I should go try the guy out and get knocked down. You know me, I'm one of those guys where I don't just satisfy, I don't just settle for, okay, I'm winning the fight on my head. I'm going to try and, and press the fight even if I'm 10 rounds ahead. But, um, but with Pevetkin, you know, um, He's a very experienced man. You know, boxing, boxing is a funny thing. By the time you get to the stage of your career that you know, okay, I need to do this, this, and this to be in prime condition, you're nearly at the end of the road. But if he beats me, he's right back in big time boxing. You know what I mean? He, he'll, he'll have another few million to, to, to his retirement fund. So I know he's going to be training hard. And, I'm a, and he's also one of the, I think he's probably the most technically sound fighter I fought as well. You know, um, even though he's a bit older now, but I think he's very, very technically sound. And, he's, and I think, you know, he's Russian. He, you know, he's got that mindset. He's just, he's just got that mindset. He's an ex-kickboxer as well, which I know that will make him physically and mentally tough. I've got a couple of questions. Yeah. So firstly, he's an ex-kickboxer. Mm -hmm. You're an ex-kickboxer. I beat him in a kickboxing fight any day of the week. So could we maybe do <laughs> maybe four rounds of kickboxing and then we switch it to boxing after? Because I think we're going to have to be creative when we come back to you. I think that could be, that could be, that could be big for the pay-per-view. Hey, I don't mind. I, listen, listen, I love fighting, man. I just, you know, it's one of the things I actually enjoy doing, man. You know, it's a hard game. Professional boxing is a hard game. But I enjoy, enjoy fighting. I'll fight any style. I've already said if I'll go to UFC and fight. Oh, no, well, that was my next question. Because honestly, right, when you look about the crossover between boxing and UFC and people coming from UFC back to boxing, mm -hmm. you've already got two of those disciplines. Yes. You know, you're a kickboxer. You, you're obviously a great fighter as well, great boxer as well. And I know that when it comes down to it, with, with your background with your mentality you can have a right old grapple as well if you needed to as well i really think and this isn't just hype i really think that there is there is a future for you in mma as well and i know you want listen the goal for us is for you to become world boxing champion unquestionably but imagine the switch up to uh you know whether it's how about this being ufc heavyweight champion of the world and boxing heavyweight champion of the world at the same time i've no done that in history i know but do you think you do you think you're you know, you know about the, the ins and outs of, of that discipline. Do you yeah. think that with, with boxing and with kickboxing, you can be competitive, you know, even with, with the wrestling element and the grappling element yeah, yeah. Of, of that? You, you know, one thing we do have as um, boxers, 
we have the, the, the better striking technique and obviously better footwork, but, but the MMA and the kickboxing, the fitness and the grinding, it's, it's, it's a, I would have to train at least six months. I'd have to go back to, the thing is, because they do boxing, they do MMA, they do boxing, they do wrestling, they do jiu-jitsu, they do um, Muay Thai. It's like your training sessions is a lot longer and a lot harder because it's five-minute rounds. And, and then, because I've done it before, listen, when you're tired and people is wrestling, there's a guy 18 stone just taking it down, taking it down and getting back up. It's, it's, it's no joke. So I need a good six-month training camp. But I believe in the hand department, I punch better than them. And I box better, even just the jab, because a lot of MMA guys don't know to jab properly. There's a few of them that know to jab. And, um, but, and I'll just work on my takedown defense and keep it stepping. That's all I'll do, you know. Obviously, I've had MMA fights before, and they didn't last very long at all as, as, a, as a team. Before we Dillian, go back, Dillian, Dillian, I'd, back, I'd, 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 back, I'd back you there. I think you'd be totally well. decent at that. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I want to I I get back to boxing, okay? This is, this is a new show. This is gonna, we want to take some, some issues, controversies. We want to build some, some hype too. Now, come on, I want to know more about the beef you've got with Andy Ruiz because Andy was going to be possibly the opponent instead of Povek. And you respect Alexander Povek. And tell us about Andy Ruiz. And the beef Andy Ruiz got is high cholesterol, man. That's it. Very high cholesterol and probably a slight touch of type 2 diabetes. I mean, come on. He beat, he beat him, Andy Joshua. He's, he's, still in, he's still in the mix. And you know that's a big fight. Listen, Joshua is a great fight and all that. But I've told you that years ago. He's vulnerable. I told you that years ago. He's vulnerable to get hit high on the, the right side of his head. And it's the same punches he got hit with um, Bander Ruiz. You know what I mean? The same punches high in his head. If you hit him high in his head... He goes over. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the equilibrium problem or whatever. But um, and also I think he underestimated under a risk. I think sometimes he can get carried away. I think his team around him, obviously some of the younger guys, probably gassed him up because I don't know why he came into that fight so big. He, he came into that fight looking like, oh, this is a walkover job. I'm gonna finish this guy off um, in no time. You know, um, and Ruiz just did good. But the second fight, Joshua just did. You know, he did exactly. What, what, what he should have done, outbox him and beat him up. And hopefully, no, he just, you know, they didn't give me no third fight. And Ruiz keep asking for it, but no chance. Nah. Do, you think, do you think Ruiz will be back? Because I tell you, like, when, we, when you talk about potential fights out there and great fights, like, you're listed for me in basically every one of those fights. Like, I, look yeah. at it, I look at it, for example, yeah? You against Andy Ruiz, I think he's a brilliant fight. You against Luis Ortiz, I think he's a great fight. You against, you know, I don't really want to see him get opportunities, but he will be back. Jarrell Miller is another fight with an incredible build-up as well. He doesn't like you, Eddie, very much. Jarrell Miller. Well, that's what he says, isn't it? Well, well, listen, I, think, I don't think I've got a right to like him either, to be honest with you. But listen, that's another story. But I would, one thing will always be the case with Jarrell Miller is, in the build-up, he is golden, right? So if, if one day he, he does he, get he's his... Big it's still a big It's still a big joint in heavyweight division, you know, obviously... Still a big job in every division. But I think Andy Ruiz might be another Buster Douglas. Shine once and, and, and that's it, you know, because the, the lifestyle that, that he, he's enjoyed, because let's be honest, we offered him five million to fight me in America, in his hometown. If he's turning that kind of money down to fight me, and these guys all say I'm, I'm garbage. And if he's offered, you know, he beat Joshua, you know what I mean? He, he should take a fight with me for $5 million easily. You know, I think that's what he got to pay fight Joshua the first time for the world titles, you just lost and you're getting paid a lot of money to fight in America. I said, I'll come to America and fight. If you don't want to take it, then, then you know, um, these guys, they say a lot of things about me. When it comes down to it, they know I'm a real old school dog. I'll come, you know, I'll come to bike. I don't play no games. You know, I'm yeah, not, 
the bus, the bus in Douglas thing is interesting because, of course, that was an enormous upset at the time over Mike Tyson. So was what happened in June last year, and and you, you wonder whether he will come back. You sort of want him to come back, don't you, for the for the division because there's so many good fights out there. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's trying to come. He said he wants to fight Luis Ortiz, but I see. I don't get this. You got offered five million to fight. You're gonna fight Luis Ortiz for two hundred thousand. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Like, like you say, you can beat me. You think you can beat me? Why are you gonna fight Luis Ortiz? Who, who to him is a harder fight than me? Do you rate? Do you rate Luis Ortiz a lot? Like he's been a bogeyman for a long time. But actually, I was saying to someone the other day, I was arguing with someone on social media. When you break down his resume, like no his, his greatest win was Brian Jennings, right? Who we know was it was a competent top fifteen heavyweight. But you know, we had him. You know, I remember when we took him to Monaco, Adam. We will forget about the Malik Scott fight. You know, when he fought Dave Allen. I haven't really seen, and we know that he was winning. You know the two Wilder fights before he got stopped, but this 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 is how I break it down. Luis Ortiz is great fight. What what Cuban national championships has he won? No one heard of him as an amateur. All the good Cuban fighters, we heard of them. We know what their achievement. Luis Ortiz was never even top five in Cuba any time. I think he won one national tournament or something. Like listen, like I said, when you first signed him, I, I told you I want to fight Luis Ortiz fight. I've been trying to fight Luis Ortiz for a long time. When he first signed, everyone was like, oh, this guy is dangerous. You know, but, but I, I don't see these guys like normal people see these guys. Obviously, I'm a fighter, I'm a competitor. I don't see this kind of thing. Okay, I think, okay, you're a softball, you box well, you're a bit tricky, but what else is there? You knocked out Brian Jennings and the other guy. What's the guy's name again? Daniel, not Daniel Marks, um, the Argentinian guy that he beat, the undefeated guy as well. That's all the was the only two guys in the record. You know, well, I, tell you, I, I tell you what, Ortiz to one side, one guy we know. Is quality top quality as an amateur and as a cruiserweight, Alexander Usyk. Usyk gonna fight Chisora. Do, do you think Usyk can become world heavyweight champion? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't. The reason why I'll say that is actually he can with good management. Um, he can actually. I take that back. With good management and the right fights, he can. But right now, I can't see him beating any of the champions. I don't think he's physically strong enough. Obviously, he's got the skills. And he's got the boxing technique, but I don't think he's physically strong enough and big enough. I, I personally don't think so. You're not going to outmove uh, Anthony Joshua, Dillian White, Tyson Fury um, for a 12 round. We will catch up to you at some point. And we will learn at some point. We'll learn more from the Chisora fight, won't we? Well, you talk about good management. Is that good management, taking that fight? I mean, how, how risky is that for Usyk? Well, it's a very risky fight. But if you look at the weight division and what's happened to Chisora and stuff, obviously... You know, obviously, because Derek's very temperamental. So, if you think, fight Dillian White, fight Andrew Joshua, fight Tyson Fury, Derek Cesura, you know, let's go with Derek Cesura, because you know Derek Cesura, if you haven't got needle and stick or he's not motivated, he can come and stick the place up. But if Derek is motivated and he comes in to fight, he's a danger for anyone. The, the man is physically strong. And one thing I like about Derek is he's got, there's something about him that makes him dangerous. He doesn't care about, win, lose, or draw. You know what I mean? The guy's got 10 losses on his record and he's still a top five heavyweight. So I'm top 10 heavyweight. You know, there's something about him, whether it's physical toughness or mental toughness. And I believe if he's motivated and he comes in, I think he'll knock Usyk out because, listen, the two fights I have with him, keeping Derek at bay is no easy job. I, I, and we were the same weight in the fight. I was 78, he was 77. And I, I'm a naturally big guy. Usyk is not, obviously, he's got movement and athleticism, but Derek's not going to... Derek's a basic guy. He's not going to think, oh, 
um, I'm losing here in the jab. I'm going to think. No, he will actually slug it out. <laughs> We've seen him do it time and time again in fight. Yeah, if he's right, he's up for it. He's a great fighter, isn't he? How tough were those two fights with Chisor? I mean, I, going back now, I look back. I, someone sent me a picture the other day. It was on a, some kind of meme with me and Adam Smith. Like this, you know. <laughs> it's mad to think how far we, we've all come, really, because like, and you yeah. as well, because back then you were just listen. You're still, you're still like a stick of dynamite. Light you at any time, and you're ready to blow. But back then, like you were even, you were even more. I don't know, street if you want to call it, where it was like I, I'm, you know. And, and now you've obviously you're you're more professional. The mindset's changed a little bit, but. They were crazy days, weren't they? That first fight was mad. I mean, the board hearing on the Thursday might not take place. One of the best heavyweight fights I've ever seen. Terrific fight. You know what? The fights with Derek, I'm not even going to sit here and say it. There was hard fights, but, you know, and I think that was my second 12 round, I think it was. The first one I lost, obviously. I got tired in the first one. I was going to Joshua. I got I, 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 my fitness caught up to me. I got tired because before that, I was just an uh, undefeated puncher. I was just slugging it out with everyone then. I got tired. So mentally in the back of your mind, you're thinking, Derek's had about 112 rounders. And he's fit. You know what I mean? He was seeing him push against Vitali. I remember I was watching those fights and I had like, I was just getting to boxing, pushing Vitali, giving David A a hard time. So I'm thinking, this guy is fit. This guy is, he comes on strong in later fights. So mentally in the back of my mind, I was fighting, but I was trying to reserve myself at the same time. I was thinking, uh, I don't want to blow up. And then after, then... I thought to myself, you know what? Don't beat this man. Every punch, every one punch you throw, I throw three. Every two you throw, I throw six. And that's what I did in the fight. I just kind of outworking him. I was just like, I was like, you know, I just outworking him. I was outworking him. But the most important thing I learned in the first fight was with Derek, you can't constantly engage with him because he's one of those guys that the harder you hit him, he just comes back. I was sitting with Carlos Takam, another guy. If you stay close and you hit him hard, He's got a reflex that he just comes back. So the second fight, what I did was I broke him down. I box fight him. I didn't fight. The first fight, I fought, 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 fought. The second fight, I box fight. I box him a bit, hold him a bit, fight him a bit, box him a bit, hold him a bit. And then if you listen to the corner, I kept on saying to Mark, I'm going to knock him out. And Mark was like, oh, you're leaving a bit too close. Come on, you need to pick. And I said, listen, don't worry. This fight's not going to And then they started living for him. I said to Mark, I'm going to get him this round. Because there was a mistake he kept on making. Every time I throw the long, lazy right hand, he dipped to his left. And he kept on coming back even with the hook to the body or to the head. And I noticed it early in the fight because when I was double jabbing, he was bobbing and weaving so well. I kept on missing the double jab. So I was, you noticed I changed to a single jab and I was, I was looking what he was doing. I was very patient looking what he was doing. And then I, I threw the right hand early in the round to test it out and it did the same thing. The second time I threw it, I knew he was going to come up with his, with his hook. But Derek throws a long, looping hook. So as he did, I just throw a short one and I nailed him. You both, you both caught one. Yeah, we both got tagged, but by, by, <laughs> blow it down. You're like, and you get one as well. I'm thinking this could be, you know, this could have been a lot. That's why they said don't hook with a hooker. You know yeah. what I mean? Usually the one that throws the shortest hook is usually the one that. But, this is, the same, but this is the same problem in the Povetkin fight, yeah. do it? And Povetkin has got a shorter hook. Incredible hooks. Yes. You know, everyone goes on about Povetkin left hook. There's a, I think it's the, he throws a little overhand right. It's more dangerous than the hook. He moves to his left. He moves to his left and he throws it like that. And it's the same punch he hurt Price with as well. Mm. If you watch the Price fight, it's the same punch he, he, he hurt Takum with. He hurt uh, Manuel Char with it. Because everyone watch out for his left foot. But he's a, he's a clever guy. And even Teddy Atlas was breaking it down the other day in his podcast saying, we taught him to move to his left and throw the hook, the right hand straight. Because 
I thought hookers before. I thought hookers before. His hook is short. His hook would be would be sharp. Obviously, he's very good technically, but I know what to do. The the, the jab always beats the hook. The jab beats the left hook all the time. A good stiff jab beats the left hook all the time. I thought I don't think Pervekin's a stronger left hook than Oscar Rivas. But as you can see, every time Rivas set a pop Tim with a jab and he couldn't get his hook up. Tim is set pop pop. The jab always beats the hook. People throw right hand against the hook. It's not a good punch to throw. The jab is better. It's going to be a humdinger when it happens. We can't wait for the Povetkin fight. Just map out, obviously, say we, we get back and you're back in the ring July, maybe August, in the summer. Map out the sort of ideal sort of six, 12 months after that, providing a deal with, with Povetkin. Because as Eddie was saying earlier, you know, you, you've sort of got to take the fights. I know you're one of the, 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 the heavyweights that, that will fight anybody, but you sort of have to get going, don't you? You have to get cracking. We don't know what's, you know, what's going to happen in the world in the next year or two. Ideally, I love the fact Prevekin and fight Joshua Tyson Fury next um, December time. You know, if I can get out of July and then get out December, that's five months between fights or whatever it is, I, I would love that. And then... See what happens after that, you know. And he can make something real happen for Dillian if he beats yeah, Pavekin. We, we have to keep pushing on. It's frustrating with the WBC. Dillian knows the work that everyone's putting on that behind closed doors. Sometimes they change the goalposts and you never know what's going to happen. One thing we do know is that Dillian is ready to fight anybody at any time. And you know, hopefully, once he boxes in July and then December, his year hasn't really been disrupted that much because he would have boxed twice. So... One thing you know about Dillian is they will always, he will always be up for those big fights. There are so many amazing fights for him in the division. Wilder, Fury, Joshua, Povetkin, Usyk, uh, Ruiz, Ortiz. But the truth is, how long do you just want to be that guy that fights everybody? This is about legacy. This is about winning a world championship. And I want to see Dillian White win a world championship. And the support behind him to win a world championship is massive because he has been mistreated, in my opinion. And I think the public believe that as well. And it, wouldn't it be amazing if we could get, you know, a situation where we had even three world heavyweight champions mm. from Britain in Dillian White, AJ, Fury. You know, people talk about the undisputed fight between uh, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Why not an undisputed fight between Anthony Joshua and Dillian White? I mean, that would be a lot easier for us to make. Or even an undisputed fight between Dillian White and Tyson Fury. I don't know. But the truth is, is it's all very well having a reputation of being a real fighting man who fights everyone. That's nice. But when he's you're you need the silverware. You need that big belt up on in your lounge, in your big mansion when you're said and done saying, I was world heavyweight champion. I, I thought you got to deliver that belt to me by now, Eddie, to be honest. At the end of the day, I don't think anyone could have really done any more. You know, you out, of, you in the ring, us out of the ring, you know how close you've been, you know how much the gold, gold posts have been changed. So we've got to just keep the pressure on. The fans have got to keep the pressure on. One thing with Maurizio Suleiman, and I like Maurizio Suleiman, yeah, one thing he does is he reads his social media. He understands pressure from fight fans. And as fight fans, we have to make sure that collectively, Dillian White gets what he deserves. So we've got to all keep the pressure on. Not just us with legal letters and Dillian White phoning, but the community, the fans have got to get what's right and what Dillian White deserves. And he will get it. First things first, though. Let's oh, beat Alexander. That's the theory before the wildlife fight was saying, oh, if I beat Wilder, yeah. I'll give Dillian White a real title shot. And then now, he ain't saying that. Now he's saying he didn't fight. Hold on, Tyson Fury came out when he didn't have you know, much on the horizon and said, well, let me fight Dillian White for the diamond belt. Did so we went, we went straight to WBC and went, great, we'll take that fight. Please order that fight. I'd like oh, to see that fight. So, no, listen, 
Who in their right mind wants to fight Dillian White? Hey, I'm, I'm not even that good. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> that good, but you're a double handful. You're very, very good, and you're a handful, mate. You will not quit. You have you're to right handful. And no one quite knows what's coming next. Exactly. <laughs> it's hard enough getting these fights. You shouldn't say these things. You should just say I'm Listen, we're in, we're, in the, we're in the moment of truth for our, for our world and our country. You are one of, and may even be the top heavyweight in the world. You've got to prove that bit. But, mate, you, I know that you will get what you deserve because you put the work in and the graft. And stay safe out there, mate. Cheers, yeah, finally, finally, Dillian, if you've got a message to, to those who, who are obviously suffering back here it's, uh, and all around the world at the moment, what would you say, what would you say to them, Dill? You know what? In, in a moment like these, what is the right and what is the wrong thing to say? You know, um, all I can say is to the people is um, just try and draw on any little bit of positivity, whether it's your children, whether it's your family, whether it's, it's helping old people in the community with their shopping, just try and, 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 and draw and as much positive as you can, try and stay connected with your family in these difficult times because it's difficult, but we ain't got no choice. There's something going on that no one really knows the full extent of it. So just, just trying to stay positive, try and stay upbeat, and let's go baby, number one. Well said. Thank you very much, Julian. Great talking to you. You, uh, you stay safe out there, and uh, it looks like you've got it all set up. Fantastic. Enjoy your conditioning this afternoon. I will do, Dillian. Thank you very much. Cheers, Dillian. Thanks to Dillian for chiming in. And like he said, just take the positivity. We want to say a special, of course, thanks to the, you know, the hundreds of thousands of NHS frontline workers and everybody right now that's getting stuck in. You know, sometimes... We moan, don't we? Oh, when's this going to be over? When are we gonna... At the end of the day, we're being asked to stay at home with our families in the safe. You know, these people are selflessly going to work every day, putting their own life and their own health at risk. And we've got to remember them, not just now, but forever. So God bless them. God bless everybody. And we'll keep grinding away. We will indeed. Stay safe, everyone.